Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Tappin' with Taco podcast. I'm your host, Takato Watanabe. I created this podcast to help military veterans successfully transition into their civilian role. The guests I bring on share their experiences during their military transition, tips and tricks they learned during their journey, and insight into the roles that might pique your interest. On today's episode, I interview Audrey, who recently retired from the Navy after 23 years and successfully transitioned into a new industry while carrying over her skills from her previous roles in the Navy. Not only did she completely change industries, but she successfully navigated her way through the peak of COVID. I'm excited to share this episode with y'all and hope you enjoy it. Hi, Audrey. Welcome to the Tap In With Taco podcast. Thank you for being here today. Um, I'll go ahead and let you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do in the military. Hi. I was in the, in the Navy for about 23 years. And when I first came in the Navy, I was an electronics technician. And even though um, that should be straightforward, that you just fix radios or whatnot, um, I worked everything from sub-safe work on submarines to being a corrections officer to working on satellite communication and development. And halfway through my career, I knew that I wanted a different path. And I was fortunate enough to meet a mentor of mine, or he wasn't a mentor then, but he came a mentor of mine. And he told me about a program where I was able to go to grad school on the Navy's dime and then come out with a commission. And I became a healthcare administrator for my final half of my career. And as a healthcare administrator, I did everything again underneath the sun, except one, you know, one specific type of role. I did everything from patient admin to patient regulating, to exercise planning, to teaching, to data analytics, to everything in between, um, logistics, all the gambit. After 23 years in the service, I thought it was time for me to grow up and find a different path and a different calling. So I retired from the service last year. Awesome. Well, congratulations on your retirement. So let's talk about a little bit about the retirement process and, and you finding your next role. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the, the challenges you faced and some of the things that went really well for you? I was very fortunate when it came to the retirement process for several reasons. One, my husband retired from the service the year prior. And two, I have a lot of mentors who have retired recently. So I was able to learn from their mistake and going through their processes. And just like you see on websites and, and transitioning programs, the same mistakes are still happening. People aren't scheduling their transition physicals in time. They're not submitting their request to resign, to retire, to separate in time. And so you're left at the end without a clear defined exit plan. Fortunately, I learned from everybody else. and I started planning my retirement about a year and a half before I actually did retire. I submitted my, my formal resignation, knowing that I, knowing that I was going to retire when I was eligible to retire. I submit and I did all the paperwork, submit all my VA medical and started researching plans and having a smooth transition, not 
just going to TAPS class, but other professional development courses, writing resumes, interview prep. We all think we're good at some things, but really when you go through those courses, you can glean things. The number one thing that I had to really prepare myself for when I decided to retire was where I was going to live. And being somebody who was in the service for as long as I was, I knew I wanted to live somewhere that and stay there. I didn't want to move again. So also moving to an area where I knew that I could probably get a role or a, a position that I would want to do and a place where I want to live. So that's where I round up in Denver, Colorado. Awesome. So you mentioned a couple of things that I think are very important. You started a year in advance or a year and a half in advance, and then you started all those different medical, VA, and the, and the paperwork. Is there any kind of specific reference or, or, or something that you referenced during that transition, or was it kind of available to you based off of the resources? So if someone considering to separate or retire from the service, the first thing I would recommend them to do is to go to the, the career center on on any base or post or wherever you're stationed or look online. There are checklists out there and people overlook them, but they are very valuable and helpful. What I specifically was uh, used for myself is my husband, who was a command career counselor um, before he retired. He had a checklist that he got from the Navy HR system. And so that gave you a checklist of everything you need to do to process out, but not the actual preparing yourself mentally and physically. Going to your office where you can go to your transitioning office where um, in the Navy they call it TAPS or TG, now they call it TGPS. I wish I could tell you what that stood for at this moment, but I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's like transitioning something, but it is a program that, and the counselors there and the resources there is very valuable. They do have, it's not the first time they've helped somebody transition and, you know, that's where I went. I went to the one here uh, near where I live on, on now Buckley Space Base, but back in the day it was Air Force Base, um, which is not even three months ago. And I also drove all the way down to the Army Base and spoke to folks there about transitioning out and working on everything but the medical portion of transitioning. Some people limit themselves as far as where they can go to. Um, so I think that's awesome that you're sharing that, you know, you you just kind of drove a little bit extra and went other places just to pull other resources. And speaking of resources, one of the things that you had mentioned during your transition was going through the Hiring Our Heroes DOD Skill Bridge program during your transition into your civilian career. Can you speak a little bit more about your experience there and what that was like? Of course. So as many are aware, or many may not be aware, this DOD SkillBridge program has several different aspects to it. It isn't just hiring our heroes. It isn't just onward opportunity. There's so many nonprofit organizations that work with the DOD SkillBridge program. And I was fortunate enough to find out about hiring our heroes from a friend of mine who completed a fellowship the year prior to me um, retiring. And Hiring Our Heroes is partnered with, I think it's the Department of Labor, and it is a nonprofit organization. What they do is they work with people transitioning from the service, no matter if you spent three years or 23, like me. They also have programs for spouses and caregivers of those who have, have been injured in service and require the, you know, they're already getting items for being a caregiver of a veteran. So they have programs for that. So what they do is partner with corporate 
companies out here or anywhere um, and create fellowships. They're similar to internships, but as a fellow, you're supposed to be going in with, with senior level knowledge and ability to go into a role right away. You're not an intern. You're not learning the ropes. You bring a really good skill set in. And all of us who serve bring something in, no matter if we serve for two years or 30 years. I was able to apply for the Hiring Our Heroes cohort that's out of Fort Carson in Colorado Springs. And they had several different companies that they worked with, everything from Amazon to Lockheed Martin to Johnson & Johnson to Stryker to all several different companies that they partnered with to create fellowships for transitioning military members. And you have to interview to get into the Hiring Your Heroes program, just like you would have to interview to get a job anywhere else. So that prepares folks to transition out of the service because you're already interviewing to do this fellowship. And then you also interview with varying companies. All the companies get everybody's resume that is part of the cohort, and they can go through and say, hey, I would like to interview these folks, or these folks, or these folks. And you have the opportunity to interview with them. The preceptor or the person who runs the actual cohort can actually set up some interviews too for you to get some flex time. Or if you're interested in the company and they just didn't really take a look at your resume, they can set up that interview process as well. So you get the experience of having four or five interviews before you even get out of the service, before you're even looking for a job. So that is beneficial. Do they teach you how to do the interviews like in, in that process? They do. They have you do an online interview prep um, and talk about the star, as many folks talk about. Um, t- you, when you interview, talk, think about all the experiences you've had and try to tie uh, your answers to those experiences. You know, talk about the situation, the task, the action, and the results from that. That's what STAR means, of course. Um, and hiring our heroes to talk about that. And I also learned that from like four other courses I did online um, prior to doing hiring our heroes, but it was very beneficial that they made sure people were prepared for these interviews. They also made sure your resumes looked good. They, didn't send out resumes that um, were subpar. They reviewed them also to make sure that you were sending out a good product. And they, like I said, they facilitated the interviews. Then the companies are able to choose which fellows they would like to fellow with them. Um, And if you're fortunate enough, like I was, you have three companies to choose from to fellow for. Um, Some people, if, may not get a company, which means they're, they're not part of that cohort anymore. And they, they have to find different opportunities, just like in civilian sector, just like when you're looking for a job, you may interview with 20 different companies and may not get one call back. And it can happen even with a hiring our heroes program, but don't be dismayed. Uh, There are other programs to do that you can do to strengthen your skill sets to make yourself more marketable to whatever area you're looking for. And also, with Hiring Our Heroes, you can find your own company that you would like to fellow for and set up a fellowship with them. And then the Hiring Our Heroes would sign a contract with them to govern and uh, oversee it. So there's so many different varying opportunities within Hiring Our Heroes. How did you pick which uh, industry you wanted to go into when you were going through this process? So um, as I already mentioned, I was in the healthcare field 
for 10 years. And unfortunately, but fortunately, I learned, fortunately, I learned so many different skill sets that I can apply to working any type of industry. Um, I learned logistics, data analytics, risk assessments, doing regulatory um, exams on programs. So I knew when I transitioned, I didn't want to stay in the healthcare realm because of the experiences I was unfortunately involved in and the service. I had PTSD from some of those incidences, so I didn't really want to work in a hospital situation. So I chose to work. Um, there's two that I was going, I was going to, I was considering. One was logistics, and one was financial industry. And I wanted a new challenge. So I knew I've already done logistics. There's already a set process for how that company works. It's a very large company. They hire a lot of military. I was a different challenge. I wanted to learn something new. I wasn't very comfortable with finance. Uh, I'm a baby of the 90s. We really weren't taught how to save. Um, so I wanted to delve into something completely different, completely new, and bring the skill sets and toolbox I already have. And that's why I chose financial. And that's who I followed with was a financial industry company. I think that's great that you went into something that you weren't really um, familiar with and you wanted to challenge yourself. And one thing I really noticed you speak of in the last few minutes was the skill sets. Can you dive into what skill sets that you learned that applied to this financial industry that you brought over from the military? Very good question. You know, as I like to say is try not to be myopic in your job search and how you think of yourself and your skills. Some of the skill sets that I can bring that I brought in is my analytical skill sets. Um, and that is what I use in my current position in my current company is you already, you're analyzing regulations, you're analyzing reports and you have to digest it and report it. Uh, most of us, no matter which level we are at, we have to look at some information, analyze it, come up with a solution or come up with a way to explain that situation or that information and report it back out. And so that's one skill set that I think is very important that I, that I believe 99% of anybody who served in the military had to um, use. Some people flexed it more, such as a lot of O3s going through captain courses and whatnot. And some of some folks didn't have to flex it at all, but it is a skill. And another skill set that I utilized for myself was regulatory research and understanding. In the healthcare industry, I have to understand the regulations. I have to understand the CARES Act and, and the HIPAA and making sure that everything is uh, appropriate and that privacy is maintained in the medical field. And guess what? Privacy also needs to be maintained in the financial field. And that's another aspect that I currently use. And just my ability to be able to speak to senior people, <laughs> that was one too, is a skill that some people don't think they, they really have, but is something that is important to be able to communicate. Kind of going through your your transition and going through Hiring Our Heroes, one thing you mentioned to me was COVID. And when COVID hit, there was some challenges throughout that, that process and your journey throughout there. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigated your way through the, the peak of COVID? I started my fellowship right when COVID was still a foreign issue. And I was fortunate enough to work with my company for a few months and get in-office experience. Uh, then everything started shutting down. And jobs 
and job um, opportunities started going away. I was, I had interviewed just because you did a fellowship with a company does not mean you have to work for that company. You could still job search for everything else um, within hiring our heroes uh, because you also attend job fairs. And so I had three or I had four different interviews with or four different companies I was interviewing with, including the fellow, the company I was following with. Out of those four interviews, two of them went away <laughs> completely. They're gone. They they shut down their hiring practices. They they everything was on hold. So my prospects re, were reduced. And the other one was going to offer me a position, but I couldn't start until like four or five months after I would be retiring from the service. And I wasn't comfortable with that. So I, of course, went with the one company that had a great offer and I went with them and I that's who I currently work for now. And I do enjoy what I'm doing. However, and that's what it was told. Like they, they wouldn't have a position open for four or five months. They wouldn't have this, this other company wouldn't have the program that they were considering me for open until January of the next year. And this other company didn't know what they're going to do. If they would even have a company um, before the end of the year, that was in April come June. When I retired, two of those companies came back to me after I already accepted a position with the company I work for now. And one made an interview and one offered me a full-time position with them, but I chose to stay where I'm at. The most difficult thing I have found about COVID and everything else is the uncertainty that happened last year. And it wasn't just uncertainty for myself. I, of course, was retiring during a very off time that nobody predicted. It's the uncertainty of the companies. A lot of companies didn't know how they would fare. Here we are a year later and... Those companies, I've already, I've been, uh, I've had two of them reach out to me again and see whether or not I'm interested in applying for some positions, but they are, as you read in the news, it isn't just um, dining facilities or service industry that is hurting. A lot of people are hurting for people to come back in with qualified positions. So it's, it was weird because I couldn't meet people face to face when I was finishing up my interviewing, but my opportunities, at least I had one opportunity. They, they dried up. It was very strange to me um, based on what I thought would be happening. There's still companies that are not completely fully ramped up and there might be opportunities that get lost because, because of whatever reasons. And for people that are going through the retirement process that may have to go through these challenges, what are some things that you would recommend them to kind of push them through and help them get through this time? As, as one of my mentors told me too, is that you have to remember sometimes a, a job is a job. Um, the idea of, you know, holding out for the one that brings you joy may not be available at this time because of limitations. That doesn't mean it's not going to be out there and doesn't mean you can't find joy in the job you're at, but that one dream job you had in your mind that you thought you can get because, you know, you know, John got out three years ago and got the same job. It may not be there. So don't close any doors. Don't close any opportunities. Uh, network, network, network. My husband found his current position by chatting with somebody at a neighborhood barbecue last July. And he's, he's loving his new job and his new role. Hiring fairs. There have been virtual hiring fairs still going on through this entire time frame that are open to all veterans and all folks transitioning. Um, the DAV is the one who usually hosts some of them. Hire Heroes hosts hiring fairs. 
There's Recruit Military is also another organization that hosts hiring fairs for military members. So there's so many resources out there. Don't shut the door to any of them and attend them. Even if you don't think there's going to be a position at that type of hiring fair for you that you'd want to do, you don't know who you're going to speak to and what doors or who they may know and what they can open and show you. Network. That's the number one thing. I know people say it all the time and think it isn't important, but you can you can be the top qualifier for your a position at some company, but if you didn't speak to the hiring manager personally or somebody there, you may get passed over from somebody who did, who, who chat with them, who had a nice conversation because paper is great, but the personal touch of the conversation is better. Yeah, I think that's huge, and it gets it gets brought up every time is is network and meet people because you never know what, what what can happen, right? Right, like you mentioned, your husband found his opportunity at a neighborhood barbecue, which is awesome. And like speaking through your mentors, you're able to help navigate through that. And I want to touch a little bit more on the mentorship portion. You've brought up your mentors and your, your mentorship a lot. How are your mentors able to help you navigate between your retirement into your civilian career, and how are you able to find those mentors? So I was fortunate enough to have um, mentors that um, were assigned to me through Hire Heroes is a program. Hire Heroes is different than Hiring Our Heroes. Hiring Our Heroes does have a mentorship program within it, but they're the ones who do facilitate the corporate fellowship. Hire Heroes, everyone should know Hire Heroes um, I'm going to just keep on saying hire heroes. They help you write your resume. They may help you write your first draft resume, but they also have, they can set up mentorship calls. And that's who I actually volunteer with now. Um, and they, these mentors can look at your LinkedIn profile, which is very important, especially during this time frame where we um, don't have a lot of face-to-face. They will help you with interviews. They will give you mock interviews, which I have done for some folks. They will help you with your resume. And they can actually help you define what career field you would like to be in or open your eyes to other things. Another mentorship program I used was called the American Corporate Partnership. They partner um, folks transitioning out of the service with people who work in industries already, um, senior level Folks, I actually, my mentor, um, even though I didn't want to work healthcare, they partnered me with somebody who worked in uh, a very high level in one of the health court organizations that they, um, in, I think she was in Virginia. She may not have um, been able to help me or facilitate me to get back into the healthcare field. It's not what I really wanted to do, but she helped me with mock interviews. She knew some folks that she can set me up with to look at my resume. She was a shoulder to listen to and, and uh, somebody to listen to my complaints and my frustrations about transitioning because we all have them. And she helped me navigate a lot of that. And then, of course, I had my personal mentors that I had throughout the service that I spoke to. But once again, I had those mentors and that's what I do now. As I, through Hire Heroes, I mentor as many folks as I can. Um, LinkedIn profiles are one of my favorite things to do. Just the basic stuff is very important because it shows attention to detail, especially when you're looking for a new position. And give back because, you know, we can't continue the cycle of having the mentors and programs out there without us, trans- those who have transitioned, making sure we can give back to those programs so they can sustain. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's absolutely wonderful that you're doing that. And I think all veterans should should be 
doing that to, to give back to, to the fellow people who are transitioning out. Is there any other general tips or advice that you would want to share to someone who's retiring or transitioning out of the military? 100%. Don't close any doors. Don't end any conversations. I know it sounds banal to say that. I know many people say it, but don't do it. Um, it's very important to keep your, your doors open. Don't be myopic in your job search. Like I said, I was a healthcare professional for 10 years, um, but I took my skill sets and I flexed them. And now I work in compliance for a top financial company out here. And I, I really like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying being in the financial sector and it is much better for me mentally than healthcare. Don't forget to rely on your personal family and your friends and let them know. There are, there are programs out there too to help them with the transition because it's a change for everybody. It is different to put hang up the uniform and try to figure out what you're going to wear every day. If people want to follow up with you or if they have any questions they want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my LinkedIn account. I I don't know if there's any other Audrey Wakefields. I didn't. I haven't double checked, but I am the Audrey Wakefield on there who is in the Navy in LinkedIn. Awesome. I'll leave that in the show notes as well, and I'll I'll put a direct link to your page. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Audrey, for your time. I really appreciate all the insights and knowledge you shared. I think a lot of the stuff that we've talked about is very applicable for retirees and not even just retirees, but people who are just ETSing in general. So thank you so much for your time and appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy that interview with Audrey and gain some confidence if you're looking to transition out of the military. I'll be leaving the links in the show notes, so take a look there if you missed anything. In the next episode, I'll be bringing on Nate, who started his own business, and he shares some of his experiences with this, so make sure you tune in. Talk to you all next time. Peace. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. In the Subaru with my Nikes on the dash. Nikes on the dash. Nikes on the dash. Side in the field, what's real? I got my whole squad popping like they on two pills. No sign, listen, got two mil. I ain't meek when it come to big banks, like my first name Phil.